Greetings and salutations. I hope your day is both tranquil and fulfilling. I am Athanasius, and welcome back to the podcast of the Boldly Immortal. I'm going to let you in on a little secret about this particular episode. I'm not actually following the normal procedure of waiting a week and then trying to invent something to come up with. In fact, I to this week, I'm I'm recording at the same time as last week. Now, part of that is because I'll be on the road uh, for a little while over Christmas, and so I'm going to try and get a few episodes out for you um, as soon as I can. Well, not as soon as I can. I actually want to have content for y'all, so you have something to listen to. You know, it's a little bit better, and and I want to try a more more disciplined approach to this podcasting thing and see see if it works. But but the uh, the other reason for that is that I actually do have something to talk about. I've you know mentioned at the end of the last episode that I had a couple things on my mind that I also wanted to get out. And while I really enjoyed that that episode on on the elements, well. Tonight, the candle's still burning, and my thoughts are still uh, running around in my head and filling me with just enough light to to make me feel like sharing it with you. So I hope this is worthwhile. I've been thinking about a, a detox program and how I would, how I would structure it. Um, and this came about because I'm a part of a group called the Sons of Solomon, which is uh, going to come out in another podcast, probably sometime in the new year. Um, but somebody proposed, hey, what if we as a bunch of guys did this uh, did this detox program? It was like a 90-day um, thing that they would do for the first three months of the year and you know, be done by Easter time-ish. And you know, it'd be great and wholesome. I was like, okay, that seems great. But um, why... Why buy somebody else's program, right? Why not do it yourself? Why buy into somebody else's philosophy of what's important? Um, I don't think I don't think that's quite as helpful. Um, and, and at least I'm stubborn enough to where I don't I don't function that way. Um, if I can't see the whole picture too, then I'm gonna I'm gonna be a bit frustrated. And and oftentimes there isn't a whole picture. And that's one of the things that frustrates me a lot about a lot of people's plans is that they simply find something that works and they're like, ooh. Let's try that. But but they're they're ignoring the harmony of elements. And and that's really that's really that's really quite annoying. That there are people who who don't who don't recognize and take advantage of the fact that the human body is the human not the human. The human is not just a body. That just saying, hey, work out, it'll solve all your problems isn't a good solution. Because oftentimes that's not enough. But it turns out that actually exercising gets you in touch oftentimes with a primary part of yourself that you've abandoned, right? A, a sense of feeling, right? And com- using last episode's terminology, wow, it's so much easier to connect episodes when you do them back to back. Using last episode's terminology, this would be earth, right? Exercising is a fundamentally earthy experience, but you also lose water, you lose breath, and you lose energy, and so you, it is a it is a harmonic event with a focus in activity, physical exertion, um, and if you can make if if you find yourself passionate about it, well, then you actually have a harmony of two elements, which makes it even more powerful. That's a good that's a good habit, right? This is why oftentimes dieting is is a bad answer, but giving somebody suggestions about 
good things to eat or good good philosophies of eating and, and here cook for yourself is a much better solution to diet than just saying go on a diet because when you cook you're involving all of your your elements once again um, and it's a sensory experience so if you're going to offer somebody advice don't offer it as a single idea I mean, sometimes, sometimes it's best to just say, hey, here you go. Here's an idea. Hope it helps. Sometimes that's what people need. But sometimes it's not. Sometimes instead what they, what they need is somebody to say, hey, there's another way of living life. Um, because there's, there's connections that they're simply unable to make or that they've struggled to make and they need help making those connections. And so last episode, and I've kind of touched on it here, I talked about the elemental nature of man, that we are a, a, a creature with, with many different facets, and those, these facets interact with one another and they play off of one another. It was interesting in setting up the, the comments on that episode that I tried to find a way to set them up to kind of match the the different voices, right? So sopranos, altos, tenors, and basses, um, that that you have a certain spirit in each one of them. Now, I, I bias towards basses, obviously. I don't think basses are earth. I think basses are fire. And I think the idea that we've turned bass into earth is kind of a mistake, right? That we think the bass at the bottom is just this little, you know, oh, hum, 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 oh, dear, oh, dear, hum. Now, admittedly, the bass is the foundation. But... Uh, yeah, I, I kind of liked the idea of, of setting it up with fire and having the, the tenor be the the solid. Because I find in choral arrangements, like box, the, the tenor line is much more of a support structure off of which things can play than it is an independently moving um, piece that with its own energies. Um, I find in, the, in, box, in box work, the bass lines are oftentimes not simply... A foundation, but rather a, uh, a a springboard off of which he's able to to play the rest of his pieces. And, you know that that when that as the bass line flickers, so the rest of the piece um, can 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 play. Um, and so you have you know, your soprano line is your your air line, and your you know, your alto line is your water line, you know, your flowing line. And so you got two things side by side: the altos and the tenors, kind of providing the the inner inner structure off of which the, the other two voices play. It's kind of an interesting idea. I don't know. It might be why I like Bach is because he, he's a little bit different in that way. Um, that's his philosophy, I would argue, if I were to put it in my own terms without knowing much about Bach himself. I've only sung some of it. So after that brief two-minute diversion onto music and harmony, now is the recognition that we're also a creature of senses, right? We've often looked at the five senses, and, and, and that is a traditional way of describing the way that we interact with the world. Sight, smell, taste, touch, and hearing. And it struck me in looking at detox ideas that we are really looking at one of these elements, one of these senses in each one of those. And I thought, if I was going to make a detox plan, how would I 
How would I set it up to work off of each of these senses? If I was trying to become a better, more harmonized person, could I look at right not just the elemental natures, but also the sensory experience and try and bring each sense into a better and more natural state? You know, so let's just that I, what I'm intaking, what I'm what I am taking from the world into myself is good for me. Right? That would be the idea. And that if that's good for me, then there will be better order possible within my within my experience. All right. Well, that's that's an interesting, fascinating thought, Titus. Um, thank you. Um, I've had it myself. <laughs> So, so then the question becomes, all right, how do we do that, right? And, and how do we involve progression, right? I'm going to brief interlude here before I get into it on progression, right? Because you don't want to ever cut anything straight out, right? And this is why I'm interluding it in right here. If you want to get off of something, sometimes the best thing to do is cut it out entirely. Yes. In that case, you need help. You need help. if you're if you have gotten to the point where you have to do an where you have to abstain completely and you can't wean yourself off of it, then you need somebody else to help you with it because I guarantee your willpower is not enough. I know this from experience with uh, the sins of manhood, and it's 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 hard. It's really hard. Um, so instead. Instead, the, the detox would involve the following steps. Hold up, let me go get my papers. That's terrible. It's terrible podcasting. Terrible podcasting indeed. I don't mind though. So here would be the first, the first step. Rethink it. Or in some cases, just think about it. So what is it that you touch on a daily basis? That, you've, that you feel on a daily basis? How does your skin involve your world? Well, that's a lot of stuff. What do you smell, right? What does your nose do every day? Oh, man, that's a fascinating thought. I think, I think a healthy life will be um, begun if you simply ask the question, why am I eating what I'm eating? Why do I taste what I taste? Why do I, why do, I do this? And sometimes the answer is because it's fun, Right? Why do I eat honey? Well, because honey tastes really nice, and it happens to be carnivore. I, I mentioned this before. Honey is carnivore because it comes from animals. Um, take that one to the bank. It's fantastic. Um, but, but think about it, right? Why do I drink soda every day? Well, because it's tasty. Is it good for me, though? Yes or no? How bad is it that I do this? And would I be willing to try and live a different type of life? Right? Am I willing to try a world where I don't sit down at work all the time? Right? Could, can I even try that? Where at my computer I'm actually standing? It's a, worth, it's a worthwhile experiment to say, all right, well, I should probably, I should probably be, uh, well, let's say light. Right? Maybe it's worth turning off the screens and the lights in the rooms every now and then because it's winter and it's okay to be in the dark. Or 
maybe I don't know if it's okay or not, but it's worth a try. It's worth a try. You know, maybe maybe I don't know if I how long I can go without water, but it's worth a try to see how long. I wouldn't advise that type of fasting. It's kind of not advisable, but um, you know what? Okay, um, if you're gonna go for it, go for it. Just you know, be careful and recognize when you're going too far. Um, but but those are so the first step to any to any detox is think. Ask a question about why do you live the way you live? And is that the way you want to live? And is it worth trying something different? Because if you can convince yourself that it's worth trying something different, then when you do, when you actually go for it, you uh, you might actually enjoy it. Um, you might actually buy into it more. You might find it easier to stick with it because you've already convinced yourself that you enjoy what you're about to go through, that you want it. And rather than dieting or rather than, than you know just cutting off all these things, I'm giving this up for Lent because I use it too much. Well, you're going to come back to it. You're going to come back to it and you're not going to have learned anything because you'll have said, um, this is Lent and I'm going to do this because it's the right thing to do. Well, okay, good for you. Hope you had a good 40, 40 days, but it's not going to help you that much um, in the long run. Or it may, it might, but but it'll, if it does help you, it's because you thought about it. And then you simplified your life. Right. Fundamentally, what you did is you said, there's one thing going on here that I don't need. And so I'm going to cut it out. And generally, cutting things out makes things easier. Right. Funny that. We have a tendency to overload and not a tendency to underload. We have a tendency to overdo things and not a tendency to underdo them. Interesting. So once you've simplified your life, then maybe you consider fasting from something, right? You've already found your life maybe gets easier or harder by giving something up, and then you're like, all right, let's 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 go the next step fast. Maybe pray in that meantime, right? Replace it with something that you actually want to do. And then as you find that your life improves, or not, right? But but when you find that your life improves, you, you find a way to make it a habit. So rather than saying... Man, I feel really great because I've gone on this specific diet. I hope I never do this again. <laughs> Why not, while you're on the diet, find a way to make it a part of who you are, oh, a part of the way you live, a part of the way that you go about doing what you do. Um, if it's actually that healthy for you, try and do that. Right? Try and find a way to, to develop a healthy habit. Um, so there's, there's the, the steps. Uh, rethink, simplify fast and and develop a sustainable habit um and integrate i guess this would be the last one rethink simplify fast and integrate um there's no really good acronym there i'm sure you know somebody with a marketing background could actually find one but i'm not a marketing background guy um i'm just a guy with a microphone and a bunch of ideas so Vector number one, then, is taste, right? Sense number one is taste. Now, again, or not again, I'm going I'm to emphasize right now, right? What I've done is, is just give a basic overview of a strategy for simplifying life. Now I'm going to actually start to look at 
suggestions of mine that I've come up with. Don't take this as gospel truth. Don't take this as this is a brilliant idea. What I'm asking you to do is find your own list, and if you don't have one, hey, I'm offering you one for free. Um, I don't even have a Patreon. I'm offering you one for free. Um, but also don't think that anything you're doing here makes you a uh, more a better makes you holier in the sight of God because you are only as holy as Jesus and you can't get holier than that. Oh wow, that's a good response. You cannot get holier than Jesus and you're already that holy. You can't get more holy in the eyes of God. What you can do is you can love your neighbor. And you can't love your neighbor if you're 300 pounds overweight. You can't love your neighbor if you die from a heart attack at 45 or at 73 even necessarily because you you consumed way too much sugar. Um, so think about it. Meditate on that. And uh, think about how you can live life so that you're not constantly in a position where you have to serve yourself all the time just to get by. You can actually give something have some charity um but don't think of this as making yourself holier before god think of this as a way to serve the neighbor please 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 i don't want to go before ecumenical court as being a pietistic heretic so here you go you can only you're only as holy as jesus and you are as holy as jesus in the sight of the father now what can you do um as james says what 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 works ought to flow from from believing that what do you eat right and can you ever choose not to right if you can never choose not to eat then you are a servant of your belly right if you're unable to choose not to do something then you are enslaved to it and you're not enslaved to it you are you are set free from sin ah see i'm getting theological here but of course i am the podcast is i am athanasius right the heritage my father gave me was the boldly immortal, the bear, right? The king of the bears. So here you go. I'm getting theological. Um, that's a that's a callback to Arcturus, king of the Britons, um, where I looked at pieces of my heritage. It's it's a it's a glorious it's a glorious name that my father gave me. I, I'm 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 humbled because. It is too much, and I cannot live up to the to the the calling. Um, so back to back to this podcast, though. Boy, this is probably why I shouldn't do back to back. I just I just get all I get all distracted. Taste. Can you ever not eat? Yes. Um, if you can never choose not to eat, then you're a slave to your belly. If you are struggling with the choice to eat, right? If you're not regularly eating right that's also worshiping your belly um so balancing that is appropriate um having some sort of consistent habit of eating is good it will give you harmony of both body and mind so fasting is going to involve with that but also hey you know what are you eating is it good for you what are you drinking is it good for you is it natural? Is it what God gave? Does it conform with the cycles of the of the world, right? What what's fresh? What could you go get right now? What food would you get if you didn't go to the supermarket? What could you eat um, from the earth? 
Well, you could pro right now, these winter months, you could probably go hunting. Other than that, if you've pickled anything, good. If you have any grain stores, good. That's about it. That's about it. Um, if you've made any jams, there you go. Right, you got some jam. Good for you. Um, the supermarket is incredibly unnatural. So, try and establish a natural harmony with the tongue. Now, what about the nose? Right? Why do I jump to the nose? Well, because I do something weird here. Right? I, I consider the nose as the sense of breath and time. Now, that's a, that's, if you've listened to the last two podcasts, you kind of understand where I'm going with this. But um, regardless, it is actually, it's actually science, uh, science, medically healthier for you to breathe with your nose than with your mouth, right? Um, I shouldn't say right. There's, there's studies uh, that have been done to, to look at the health effects of breathing through your nose, and it's, it's better for you. Um, so I would encourage you to do that. If you struggle breathing through your nose, something's probably wrong, right? You're probably sick. Um, so maybe look at the other vectors to try and find a solution. Um, but I found that, that breathing, right, the, the rhythm of breath is involved with how you perceive time, which would mean that your nose is a sense that refers to your, your experience of time. And that's, that's a really wacky idea. You might have to think about that one a little bit, but I also think it involves community. Now, that, that, that's a high praise for the nose, but I think it's true. I think it's true. Um, otherwise, I wouldn't be saying it. That where you breathe and where you perceive of time, you will also be able to perceive of the presence of others. Now, there are other senses involved with other people being there, but if you're simply in a room with others, with the lights off, and you're all working out, or heck, with the lights on and you're all working out, you know that other people are there because you can smell them. Um, lights off working out is probably a bit weird, but the lights off, you still know that they're there. Right? You can hear they're there, but you, know, you people have a sense of these things, and I think part of that is the nose. Um that the nose can pick up things that we don't con aren't consciously aware of, and and a lot of that is social. Um, a lot of that is social. So respect your nose. Be nice to your nose, um, and respect the power that it has. It's. I don't think we fully recognize what a significant tool it is in our arsenal because it often works below our own perception of things, and drives the subconscious um, I think I think we need to respect it more so in terms of this rethinking right think about what you're doing what are the smells you're in what are your senses what is your gut feeling right your gut feeling or I like to think you know what's it smell like how does that idea smell how does how does this person smell, right? What do you what do you what's your intuition of them? Um, I I think those are all connected. So think about your your interactions there, and then think about how to give your nose a break, maybe, right? Make it a little easier. Give it something to focus on. Um, incense is great for that. Give it 
give it uh, a focus for activity, right? Guided breathing in through the nose, out through the mouth, um, and make that your sense of time. So don't try to override your nose's sense of time by constantly checking a clock. Let your nose govern your uh, your time. I, I, I get that it might sound like I'm reaching for this one. So, you know, maybe think about that one if you really, you know, and, and, and give me a comment about where you disagree with me. But um, it's still an early thought, but I think it's quite, quite impactful. Moving on. Right? You don't want to spend too much time on the nose. Um, the ears. What are you listening to? This one's easy, right? I'm re still right now listening to music. And why am I listening to music? I'm listening to music because this music is, is in harmony with the words that I want to come out of my mouth. It, it is guiding me. It's driving me even to elevate the, the way that I speak and to speak in a certain way. And because I've created a habit and a psychological connection with this type of music and a way of speaking, the one feeds the other. Now, if I'm in church, what am I listening to? I'm listening to an organ because I like I happen to, to like organs, um, but you know, even a piano, right? Or even no piano. I'm listening to music sung by people, you know, where men raise their voices together in in song in praise to God. Um, there's something there's something even more real about that than any of the other music I would listen to, any of the other noises I would listen to. The human voice. Um, sending you noise, right? Unfiltered, non-electric noise is quite something. Um, consider fasting from the other, the other sounds and consider meditating on that. It's quite, a th it's quite something. Music is a powerful, powerful drug and we misuse it to our own detriment. We need to be a aware of it we need to use it with sobriety and propriety but and we shouldn't we should not turn away from it but we need to think about it and i think um my generation is forgetting that a little bit more um as we continue to isolate ourselves because it becomes less possible to do music in community right to make sounds um in the place of happy noses um <laughs> And that's the, oh, that's a turn of phrase. So think about what you're listening to and see. think about ways you can simplify it or enhance it. Find the good words. Find the good music. Find the good sounds and dwell in them for a little while. You'll find your, your, your stress levels decrease, your comfort increases, your satisfaction increases, all good stuff. Um, you just might have to lose some of the stuff you love. And the question is, what's more important? And that is a question only you can answer. That's why sustainable habit is a part of my plan. Um, because if it's not a sustainable habit, you need to find a different, a different way to, to, to be. It's not really worth trying to constantly jump in and out of fasting. Um, I mean, it, you can do it if you make it a consistent habit of jumping in and out, but... Um, but generally speaking, it's it's not exactly the wisest plan. And the next the next sense would be touch. And this would also involve community, um, but 
so that we might not think about how we could fast from community, I would rather say heat and cold, right? What is the temperature outside right now? Probably cold, probably pretty cold. I mean, if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, we do have a couple of listeners down there. Uh, it's probably warm for you, so I'll give you that. But most most of us up here in the, the, the winter lands are, are pretty chilly. And why are we indoors? Well, because it's cold outside. Well, you really can't survive much time out there in the cold. Well, yeah, but could you develop comfort with the cold? Could you develop a respect for the weather where you're not constantly angry at it and instead you embrace that you live where you live because God has put you there and that consequently you have a certain um, ability to have certain certain patterns, certain gifts, right? The gift of cold, the gift of heat, the gift of humidity, the gift of of the dry wasteland, the gift of smoke in the sky. As annoying as it can be, it is it is hard to take that as a gift. And so why not rethink, well, why am I bundled up in all these clothes? Is it possible to endure this cold a little bit? Now, it's not always possible. And you shouldn't push yourself too hard in some of these ways, some of these vectors, but... Sometimes it can be healthy to get a little bit outside your comfort zone. And that can be good, um, very good. And at least to ask the question, why am I doing this and what is the most important part? Is it important that I have all of these nifty tools and ways of getting around the outdoors? Or maybe would it be better if I actually go outside every now and then? Kind of embrace the fact that I actually get cold right now and then in the summer I get heat. Maybe that's good. Alas, that I have saved the, the, the biggest one for last. Right? You might think that my biggest one was my nose thing with whole the time idea, but that was a kind of a separate idea that I wanted to explore. This is light, right? The eyes, the eyes. And I've already hit on this several other times before, but screens, right? Natural lighting, color. Right? Do you use paper and ink? Right? How do you look at words? How do you conceive of words? Are they only impermanent things? Or do you see them in a place of permanence? Do you read books on physical paper? These are all pieces involved with sight. Why do I look at what I look at and, and is it good? I've had to think about this myself. I've I've got on my on my walls a lot of flags, right? Because I don't like blank walls. I find blank walls are a they feel like a symptom of a blank mind, and a mind that isn't blank needs something to to think about, right? Well, now I've thought about those flags for a little while, and well, frankly, they're not as interesting as they were before. And the more I think about them, the less interesting they become. But the more interesting classical works of art have become in my mind as something I want to gaze upon. I got a puzzle uh, of the, the birth of Venus that I put together early on in the quarantine period this year, 10 months ago. And 
it was delightful. I did the whole thing without the box lid, which let me tell you, putting together a puzzle with no box lid is very, very difficult. And trying to put together an ocean with no box lid is very, very difficult. But at a certain point, you just are like, well, I guess this is what it's going to be like. Um, you know, at a certain point, the ocean is going to look kind of similar and you just kind of have to figure it out. Um, but it was delightful to look at all the little intricacies of this painting as I was putting the puzzle together that I could see uh, because I was putting it together as a puzzle. And um, it was it was very enjoyable, very delightful indeed. And so I want, to, I want to start gazing upon those things. I want to make those a part of my life because, frankly, we live in an environment where that's possible, where I can actually get classical artwork and print it out and framed for a really low price. I could make my, my, my room an art gallery of classical works of, of art and, and just dwell in that space if I so desired. Um, but it's worth thinking about that. Why do I look at what I look at? Why do I have what I have? Why do I see what I see? Why do I look at the things in my life that I do? And what allows me to look at them? And is that good? Is there anything that I could give up? Um, what's the point of my eyes? What are they there for? And this applies to all of it. What is my, what is my tongue here for? What is my taste? Why do I have taste buds? Why do I have eardrums? Why do I have the, the sense of touch? Right? What's it there for? And, and why, do I, why do I have my nose? What is the sense of smell there for? And I think we'll find that the moment the moment we think about it, the more the more that we think about it, the more we will find that they are not given to us for us. And then all other realities fall into place as similarly oriented, not for our own benefit, but for the benefit of those around us. That we might know that they're there, that we might know what is true. You have ears so you can listen to other people talk, so you can hear the word of God. You've got eyes so that you can see what is true, so you can see, so you can read, so you can see others, so you can interact with the world that God gave you. None of this is for is is just your own, your own vanity and pride. It's a gift. It's a gift. So think about it. God gave you five senses, at least, right? Let's just think about the big five. He made you a being of many elements with, with five major ways to experience the world. What are you doing with them? Is it the best thing to do with them? I'm not the arbiter of that. Don't pretend that I am. And don't pretend that by finding a better way to do it, you'll make yourself better before God. You're only as good as Jesus, and you are exactly as good as Jesus because he died for you. Now, what can you do for your neighbor? How can you mortify that evil, inwardly turned man who wants to use all the senses for his own pleasure? How can you kill that guy and bring to life the new man, the, the Christ, the light of Christ within you? Let it let it go forth. 
what joy that will be when we, when we no longer have to struggle for that. But until then, well, let's go forth and, and enjoy it. Thinking about what it is that God has given us, why it is he has given that to us, and how, how we can use that to love and serve our neighbors. I'm definitely going to keep struggling with that because that's all this is. Me talking about this is me struggling with how do I do this better. It's not me saying I have a solution. It's not me saying I got this all figured out. It's, Lord have mercy, I got a ways to go. But thanks be to God, I got a lot of time to get there. And thanks be to God, the struggle that I have isn't it, isn't the end. Because I am Athanasius, and so are you.